your way back to your seat. Don't forget, afterwards, we have tea and coffee at the back. And um, thank you. We would love for you to stick around for a little while and visit with us and visit with each other. So do feel free to do that. So I'm going to invite, uh, so it's going to be um, Pastor Daniel, Paul, and Josiah, where I know he's around here somewhere, and myself. And um, I'm going to let Daniel share with what we're going to be doing. But we just want to encourage you to join in, listen, and um, hopefully that you enjoy the fact. How many of you like the fact that there's always surprises when you come to CLC? You never know what's going to happen, do you? Never know who's going to be on this stage. Now, worship and speakers, you never know who's going to be here. Did you enjoy the worship today, even though it was video? Wasn't that good today? Absolutely loved it. So, um, all right, Pastor Daniel, over to you. Well, we've been doing this series called Reach. And I hope you've been encouraged by it so far. I know uh, Steve Kitt did a great job last week. We had Dave Welch the week before. Um, I stood in for Why Now while she was jetting out. And um, so we thought it would be good to have uh, a panel where we would just be able to have, share some reflections on this whole theme of reaching out. Let me ask you just a question first. Um, to ask for your response. If you are a missionary, put your hand up. Okay, I think we're getting it. So if your hand wasn't up and you're a Christian, it should have been up. <laughs> the same for those watching online. If you are a Christian... You are a missionary. What does that mean? You're on a mission. And we are on a co-mission. That's where we get that word commission from Matthew 28, where Jesus said about go into all the world, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So God is with us always. So it's really important for us as we grasp this concept that we are all on a mission with Christ. We are not alone. So whatever you're doing, whether you're uh, a teacher, whether you are a you know, parent, whether you're a student, whether you're a mechanic, uh, whether you're in property, whatever you are doing, you're doing it for God's glory as part of a mission. And so I really want to encourage you in that because we've got to get away from terminology where we'll say things like, when I was called into the ministry. No, the moment you got saved, you were in the ministry. <laughs> so I think sometimes we, you know, and, and, you know, us pastors, we've not always been the best in kind of the way that we phrase things. And so there is a, we're trying to be better with our language and the way that we frame things. But we're all called to minister. We're all called to represent Jesus in whatever sphere of influence we're in. I was just talking with 
uh, Yinka in the break there, and she obviously did her community event in the Charles Dickens Ward. Those of you who don't know, Yinka is uh, campaigning to be a councillor in the Charles Dickens Ward. And uh, yeah, I think that should be applauded. And uh, she's working with uh, the Labour Party. And, you know, uh, we've also got people here in Conservative, serving the Conservative Party. We've got friends as well in the Liberal Democrats, uh, Independent. So, you know, we were saying, we need Christians in every single party. And yes, there is a lot of kind of dark areas in politics and in the world but hey, don't you think that's the ideal place for the light to be brought in? Where we bring righteousness and truth and justice and love and the kingdom of God values. So I love that, that Yinka you know, is, is representing um, in that place. And do be praying for Yinka as well um, as she's campaigning. And be, be praying for one another as you're representing in these spheres. So let's start off, first of all, uh, Paul and Wynell. It's... It's been a little bit different because Laura and I were meant to be off for a month. <laughs> and, uh, but then these circumstances, obviously Franklin passing away, quick pivot, change, things shifted. Uh, you flew out and obviously uh, your father passed away, Wiener. So just want to update people on how things are in Texas and, yeah, and, and how is life in the Cowdery household. Yeah, uh, those of you that know, I was very, very close to my dad. And um, in our house, uh, it was always my sister and my mom and, and me and my dad, even though I am close to my mom. But my dad and I just sort of all had that same spirit. And um, so it, it was hard, still is hard. Uh, I was just talking to Susie about grief, and for many of you who have experienced grief yourselves, you know that it's not really something you get over. It's something that you really learn to live with, and um, it's something that you, you know, constantly have to deal with. Um, while I was there at home, uh, obviously dealing with the celebration of life service, and then many of you, I don't think, know this. Uh, it, it is becoming more public knowledge now, so I don't mind sharing. Unfortunately, my mother also has dementia, and so it's quite difficult uh, because we needed someone to be there to look after her and, and take care of her and, you know, for her to understand. So basically, Angelica, my daughter, and, and I had to take over. Paul obviously has been there with us, but as far as family blood trying to make decisions, we had to take the reins and, and make those decisions for my mom. I did, I do wanna just say quickly, one thing I did do, I didn't disregard my mother, uh, even with her disease, I still informed her, I still told her, and even if it meant repeating it over and over because I wanted her to feel included. So I didn't want her to feel like it was a takeover, um, but, um, we had it, for those of you that were able to watch the service, we had a beautiful celebration of life service for dad. Lots of testimonies. And one thing I was sharing with Daniel today is dad was obviously a, a cold missionary to a field. Those of you that know, he, he, he spent most of his life overseas. Um, but 
missionary to the day he died. And um, I'll share a little bit more about that in a minute. But I do want you to know that uh, we've made it through and um, we were able to get everything organized to where that my sister was able to move in with my mom. So that was a huge blessing. And she'll be looking after her. And, you know, sometimes I know Bill and Susan are probably experiencing this. When I got home, I literally had to put my grief aside and take care of business. And um, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. And I don't think there's anything to be sorry for for that. I think you just have to learn that there's things you have to take care of. But, you know, there's always photos or moments or memories. But when, I, when we open today with that song, Firm Foundation, I want you to know that your foundation has got to be in God and you've got to hang on to God. And so know that, you know, he, he's the one that you have to hang on to. And, and I just thank God that, that through it all, I, I'm not upset. I don't always understand why God does what he does. But I know that it's those of us down here that suffer the most. I know my dad is up there having a grand old time <laughs> and probably giving orders. <laughs> if I'm honest, he's probably got trying to organize his side of heaven. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, I do want you to know, yes, I'm sad. And if you see me laughing and talking, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting on. I'm, I'm moving on and doing the best I can. But I want you to know that you guys are family to here to me. And I'm very glad to be back with you guys, and thank you for all of your, your love and your prayers and your support. It, it meant way more than you'll ever know. You did a good job there. That was good. It was, um, it was quite a fast turnaround, as Daniel said. We had been on vacation with Franklin, came home for a few weeks, and... Uh, suddenly got the message we needed to go. And um, the Monday before Franklin went into hospital, actually, I was, he and I used to talk on a Monday and a Thursday. And uh, I called him on the Monday as usual, and we always had a FaceTime conversation, which was always hilarious, because I don't be looking more at the ceiling than at his face. But <laughs> uh, he, he was very much a man of routine. In the mornings, he would always go to Starbucks, and uh, that was where he did a lot of his, in his later years, a lot of his evangelism. Um, it was amazing. While we were there at Christmas, we would go to Starbucks. The amount of people that would come in and come over and ask for prayer or, or, or that kind of thing which was just totally amazing. And he was always the evangelist. And uh, when I talked to him on the Monday, this particular Monday in January, I said, you okay, uh, Frank? I said, you okay? Yeah. And he was sitting in his chair at home. And he had his special green mug that he always drank his coffee out of. And I said, you sure? Okay. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I said, why no Starbucks today? Oh, just thought we'd have coffee at home. It was almost as if he knew something was on the way. You know, they say some people know when it. And uh, that was the last time he and I spoke face to face. And um, on the Wednesday, that was when he was taken into hospital. And then that's when it all started to happen. But I, what I want to say is this, for people back here that wrote to us, not just once, but multiple times, you know who you are. I don't have to mention you by name. 
that was such a blessing and an encouragement. And uh, some people that were writing to me, I never expected that you would write as consistently as you did, but it was so uplifting to know that we have people back here, our family, our church family that were writing to us and, and, and just making things you know, more comfortable and easier for us. And, you know, uh, a lot of people think that Texas is always hot and sunny. It isn't, trust me. There were some days when I had a scarf on, a hat, and everything. But then there were other days when it was really warm. And as we were leading up to the funeral, that the funeral was on the Friday, that week, the weather every day was just different. It either rained or it was cold. We even experienced snow, okay? And, uh, you know, for Texan people, uh, it's a, ooh, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I prayed. I said, Lord, Friday, just make it the, the, the day of sunshine. Because there's nothing worse, as you know, those of you who went to funerals in the rain. And I woke up on the Friday morning and uh, got out of bed, and I looked out of the window, and the sun was coming up. And the day before, it was wet. It was awful. And, you know, the whole time as we led up to the funeral and during the funeral, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was just clear. And we went through a beautiful, clear, sunny day. And then Saturday, we were back to the cold again. But I just thank God for that, that Friday. The people were able to travel uh, because Texans are not like us. They do not like to travel in the snow or the ice. The whole place closes down. And... Uh, we had a beautiful time. And just one thing I just want to finally say, one else said about her mom uh, with, the, with the dementia. You know, it's, 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 it's funny how things happen, but on, on um, Wednesday, was it Wednesday, I had to entertain your mom. Well, well we, had the, we had all the carpets in, in the house cleaned. And so they told us that we needed to be out of the way for five or six hours. So I had to take my mother-in-law to a little cafe to sit. But, you know, the amazing thing was how God put people in her way. Here I am with my mother-in-law, just lost her, her dear husband of uh, 61 years of marriage. And we need to learn, I want you to learn something from what I'm saying. Never be frightened to go up to somebody and say, can you pray for them? I watched my mother-in-law, she was going to, to, to the restroom. And a lady came in, we were in Dairy Queen, those of you who know Dairy Queen in Texas, beautiful ice cream parlor. And she, you've been to the same one. She was walking across, and I saw this lady coming in, and I saw the lady stop. And right in the middle of this ice cream parlor, this, this lady laid hands on my mother-in-law. I've got a photograph to show you, Daniel, and prayed with her. And Doris came back and sat down, and I said, who was that? And she knew who it was, and it was somebody that they'd been in ministry with 40 years ago. And they'd not seen each other for 40 years, and this lady came in and recognized Doris and prayed. Don't ever be nervous to pray for somebody. It really uplifted Doris. She couldn't stop talking about it. And uh, that was just, and we're back to normal. We got home half past six yesterday morning. Thank Jeremy for the ride. And um, I think I've been out of bed. Up, uh, by the time I got to bed yesterday, I've been out of bed about 35 hours. But um, with all the travel and all the things we've been doing, but it's great to be back. And certainly good to be back with you, uh, Daniel and Laura. Thanks for sharing, guys. Um, I think as well, you know, what I'll say is any time when, when people pass away, 
it's a sobering reminder about how fragile life can be. That none of us, none of us know when our time is up. And that's why it's important, be ready. You know, live, live each day as if it's your last. You know, have that sense of urgency of, am I ready to meet my maker? And that's something we don't need to be afraid of. Actually, there should be an excitement, you know, about that. But there is work for us to do. There's a job to be done. And part of that is reaching out. And this whole series we've been doing called Reach, that each and every one of us, it's not, um, it's not an optional bolt-on. It's not like, you know, your mobile phone contract, you know, they have these bolt-ons. You know, do you want to have these extra, you know, uh, bonuses? No, if you're a follower of Christ, we are called to reach out and share the love of God with other people. And that's what we do in whatever you do. And I want to encourage you, you know, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. You know, if you're... If you're um, driving a ferry, you know, if you're doing your beauty therapy with your massages, Maria, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, the people that you meet, Jim, when you're out and about, you know, as a retired man, you know, you, you, we never retire in the kingdom of God, we just refire. And so it's, we're, we're called to reach out. And you just don't know what people are going through. So smile, be kind, be courteous. We've got a job to be done. And I was chatting with Wynell about, you know, the people in the hospital. And, and they were saying to uh, uh, Wynell, oh, your father was a Christian, wasn't he? Because he was talking about Jesus to the other people in the ward and on the staff. So you think, like, he could have said, hey, I'm really unwell, so I'm not in the mood. <laughs> but he did not stop. And I want to encourage you and say to you, we never stop reaching out until we take our last breath. So I want to encourage you to keep reaching out. Josiah, uh, how is things with you? How's, how's life uh, in your world? And talk to us a little bit about the Reach series and kind of maybe how it's spoken to you at this time. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been, been busy, you know. Paul and Wynell had to shoot off and Pastor Daniel and Laura with the beautiful baby river. And so then with picking up different ends within the church, that was me. I was doing that, which, you know, I thrive. I love the deep end, love being chucked in because a amount of times before Wynell has put me there, I've been thrown in many deep ends before. So I was ready. I was ready for it. So, yeah, I've been busy. Last month has been, it's been hectic, but it's been good and I've enjoyed it. I've been running with the students and we've been doing, you know, a lot of, what does it look like to be a Christian in the 21st century, which has been an amazing course we've been doing, and I've been thoroughly in that. And even what we've been doing here within the morning services with the REACH series, I think has been, I've been loving it personally, and I think it's, it's a good talk and a subject to do because I think sometimes we can miss or forget that we are called. That is what we are here to do. It's not maybe, you know, being a pastor, that is what they do, and then we come here on a Sunday and then we go home and we enjoy life the rest of the week and then we come back on a Sunday. No, Sunday is the top-up. During the week when you grow and you feed and you come in Sundays to community to get filled even to that next level. So I think reiterating what we've been talking about is key. And I think for me, I had a, I had a scripture that I wanted to share because I think 
for me, it was key, and it's something that I learned when I was younger in reaching out and was put onto my heart for this morning. So I want you to share from Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, it may be a bit unorthodox on what I'm sharing here, but I want to I wanna give you guys a point of view where I was coming from. If we don't have this, we can't have this. Our foundation first is what one was talking about and with the song of Firm Foundation this morning. We need to have that relationship with God. That is key. That is utmost. That is important. Because if we can't have that, if we can't commune, if we can't have that love, that sharing our faith with God and speaking and communing, community and prayer, then we aren't going to be able during our weeks to step out and to reach others. We're not going to be able to flow in what God has given us if we don't have that tap. Does that make sense? And so that is what I wanted to share on you know, our first and greatest commandment, to love God. And second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Find God in the midst of your struggles. Find him in the midst of your highs and your glories. Have that foundation so that when you're called to then step out and have that, you're going to be thriving in that because you've had that first. So that was just a sort of a little thing that was put in my heart for this morning, and that's sort of what I wanted to share on. So. Great choice of verse there. Josiah, any practical advice for people who are saying, okay, I get it, reach out, I'm going to do that. But what does that look like? And, hey, you're a really confident guy, Josiah, and, you know, you're quite often up on the platform and, you know, you're very good with your technical stuff, but... What, what advice would you give to people that are maybe doubting that they can kind of reach out effectively? What advice would you give them? Oh, that's a good question. I've been asked this question a few times. Now, with everyone that doesn't know me so well, Pastor Daniel said, yes, I'm a confident person. If you guys, if you, <laughs> if you guys knew me, let's say a year ago, I probably wouldn't have come up to you and talked to you, full stop. I was very in my shell. I'm sweet when I talk and get comfortable, but that initial stepping in is like, there was a fear. I just wouldn't do it. So I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But with the whole reaching out, stepping out, I think it's a big thing that I grew up with, even within a, a youth group setting and what was taught on a young age within that was get out of your comfort zone because your comfort zone will kill you. And I think when I first said, I was like, oh, all right, you know, settle down, there's no need for that. But the more I got into it, I was like, yeah, you know what, it makes sense. And I remember um, for me after youth group, it would have been, I'd say, 10 o'clock. I'd go with my brother and two of my mates, and we'd drive in our cars, and we would stay out till 2 a.m., and my parents would be like, what are you guys doing? You're out so late. Where are you going? And I was going to be like, oh, we're sitting in our car. We would pray to God and ask him, put, put on our hearts what you want us to do tonight. Do you want us to go somewhere? Who do you have for us to reach? And we were put in a situation where, I tell you what, we were rookies amateurs if that we had no idea what we were doing how to do it but we made that position to do that I remember the first night we did it we went somewhere like I got a vision of dominoes I was like you know what let's, let's go dominoes sweet you know either that's food I'm hungry who knows what it is but we'll go there and then I got um one of my friends got a vision of a, a girl's name Jessica and there was something with her family something's going wrong so like sweet we'll go into dominoes and ask we asked wasn't it and we're like oh must have missed the mark there Anyway, next minute, this fight starts out the front of Domino's. These two, like, sort of groups come together and start, like, bottles getting thrown, glass smashed, people just getting, like, battered, like it was something else. 
we're inside Domino's freaking out, we're like, uh, what is going on? And we hear there's a girl named Jessica within the fight and someone within her family, there was a full mess up and something happened between the two groups. Now, we got it wrong, God didn't. We got misplaced in where we were going. But the whole point and what I wanted to get out of that was if you put yourself in a situation and you ask God to move, he's going to move every single time. You just have to be listening. And it's the reoccurrence of doing that. We didn't, after that one, I'd be like, no, we're not going to do that again. We're like, you know what, we're going to have to try again. And I tell you what, the story that came out of this, one of my brothers met friends from when he was in year five. He hadn't seen him for seven years. Met them in a park. It was the only two there in a park at one in the morning, and we got to pray for them, and he got his leg was healed from broken. Had a moon boot on, took it off and walked home. Like, this was just one of the reoccurrences, and we did this, I'd say, for months on end. And it was getting us into the position of being like, God, we're here, and we're going to do it. Even though we are scared, even though we're sitting here thinking, what is going to happen tonight? Is there going to be another fight, or is something else going to go wrong? And the very last night, and I just want to finish on this, the last night we got to meet a guy that just got out of prison, was in there for a few crimes. We ended up getting to pray for him, and then ended up going to a river at 2 a.m. and baptizing him. And then from there, he was just set on fire for God, would come to church every Sunday after that, was in youth, in, within ministries, within life groups, and with, within sharing. We were 19, 18 at the time. Like, this is, you guys can do this. It's, this isn't from a point of view of being like, look what we've done. It's look what God can do when you're in a position of being like, yes, I want that. So with you guys, no matter the age, go out, put yourself in a position of being like, God, I'm here. Who do you have for me? Whether it's in where I work, whether it's you're walking, holding open the door for someone, you know, seeing someone maybe limping and going and asking if you can pray for them, but it's putting yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, you want change, God will move in that because you are vulnerable, and that is what he wants. Some really good insight there, uh, Josiah. And, you know, it's, it's been said that, that courage is not the absence of fear but it's moving forward in spite of it. So, you know, sometimes, even as a pastor, sometimes I'll have, you know, hesitation where I feel a prompting in my spirit to do something, whether it's initiating a conversation, praying for someone, you know, an act of generosity, whatever it might be. Uh, And often it's the small, simple things that actually can be the biggest things. Uh, But as we step out, that's how we grow. That's how we develop. That's how we get better. It's a bit like working a muscle, isn't it? You know, you go to the gym, you have to make yourself uncomfortable to grow, to develop. And so in our faith, as we get better at reaching out, it's about getting out of our comfort zone. And, you know, we sung that song, didn't we? Uh, Send me. It's basically saying, God, I'm available. Whatever you want to do in my life, I am available. And, and then it's about just keeping your eyes open to whatever God wants you to do. And you can all do something to, to be a blessing. You know, I think about Peter and his amazing ability to cook. You know, and so God can use that. Maybe some of you here might maybe even bake in a cake or something like that, and, and God prompts you to do that. Or we've all got gifts and talents. My brother, who's a mechanic, you know, he can use that as a vehicle for, for reaching out to people. I think about John and, you know, his text message 
uh, outreach and how he texts and encourages people. So many different ways that God has blessed you and me to, to reach out. Why now, Paul, have you got any verse uh, of scripture that you'd like to share with us that maybe has inspired you through this uh, series or that maybe hasn't been shared as part of this series that, that links in with it? Um, I just want to share that, you know, Paul was relentless in the Bible talking about spreading and sharing the gospel. And, you know, his whole thing was wanting people to turn to God. And so uh, there's many, many scriptures that refers to that. But there's one in particular that I love in Colossians 1. Um, I believe it's um, the last sketch. Sorry, I lost it wrong. Uh, 28, I believe. what happens when you get older <laughs> we proclaim him warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom that is with comprehensive insight into the word and purposes of God so that we may present every person complete in Christ mature fully trained and perfect in him the anointed for this I labor often to the point of exhaustion striving with his power and energy which so greatly works within me and I think that the same relentless uh, attitude that Paul had about reaching those with the gospel. And, you know, I just want to say quickly that, you know, with my dad, you know, when he was in the hospital and literally at that point he was getting to the point of uh, they didn't know at that point if he would live much longer. And the nurses all told us that every time they went to check, his coherency and did he know what was going on around him his first thing was he would always tell him yes I know who I am I am a Christian I've served God all my life in sharing the gospel and I want you to know that Jesus loves you and that you know he wants you to be saved and this is what my life is about and you know they said that he said it with such confidence and vigor that there was no way that they could ever say that no, he didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I just want to say to you that even if it, you know, while you still have life, it doesn't have to be you thinking about your dying breath. But remember, just like Josiah said, you have an opportunity every single day to share with someone the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes that's not just with our mouths. Sometimes that's the way we live. And sometimes that means even biting our tongue when we want to say the opposite of what we should say. And so I think that, you know, ask God to help you every day that you have no regrets. I've been doing a devotional on le legacy and leadership because of what's happened with my dad. I studied it before, but really a lot more lately. And I don't know about you, but I want to go down being known as someone who was relentless in sharing the gospel with other people whether it be through my word of mouth or through my life of testimony, that people might be saved. That's what I want people to know me as. Amen. Okay. So, uh, a very, again, an, a well-known verse in the Bible, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10 is this, and let us not grow weary of doing good. So sometimes 
I hear people say, I'm so tired. I live tired, but I keep going. And uh, I'll just drop in here. I was sharing this with, uh, with Dave Welsh before the service. Yesterday, I got a message from, uh, I won't say too much about him, but I got a message from someone on the, the Russian-Ukraine border who I do a lot of business with. And uh, all he wanted me to do today was pray with him. Non-believer, but he knows I am. And he often talks about God. Where did he turn? He didn't turn to the bar for another whiskey or a vodka or whatever. He, he wrote to me and said, I know you, tr because he and I have kept up while I've been in Texas. Can you call me tomorrow morning? Which meant I had to call him at 7 a.m. my time today. I was exhausted, but I'm reminded of this scripture, and let us not grow weary in doing good. And I was able to uplift a young man, 34 years of age, moves uh, millions of dollars and uh, millions of rubles around the world daily in his job. He's right at the top of his profession. Where did he turn? To someone that he knew could talk to him and give him some hope. And we should never grow weary. For in due season, we will reap. So what we put in, we get back. Now, we don't always put it in to get it back. But because we serve a God that wants to give back, he gives back. And it says, uh, he, we, we, if we do not give up, so never give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to just a few. No, it said, let, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. And you know, we, we should all always be mindful of doing good for others. It doesn't cost us anything doesn't mean to say you have to keep giving and giving people financial gifts or, 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 or that. Just to sit and talk. Does that, does that resonate with you? Never, ever grow weary. There's always something that we can do. You know, when I, when I came in this morning, there's a few people that I spoke to. And just having those few words with them was so good. You know, when I, uh, Russell and I, just we, we, we just talked just for a few minutes about how he had been over the last few weeks since I've been away. He was asking, it just lifts you up. And sometimes we can say the right word in season to someone without realizing it. So can I just encourage you today, never, ever give up. Doesn't matter how tired you are. Doesn't matter how you feel. You know, when I saw Bill this morning and Susan come in, all I wanted to do was go and love his neck. And that's what I did during worship. Because God was pushing me. Go, go talk to Bill. And I thought, we're in the middle of worship. And I walked around. And it was such a great moment that we had there, Bill. Right? I look on Bill. I told him today. I think I shocked him. I, I look on him as a brother. And I'm not talking about a brother in the faith. But as a brother. My brother. And uh, it's just so good to have people like that in this fellowship. Seek out with one another who you can bless, who you can be a part of. My other brother is sitting on the back row, Les Davis. There's so many of us that just need each other. I just want to encourage you today to reach out, love someone. 
just be, 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 be with them to be there for them. And I just want to say one more time as I finish now, thank you so much for all of you, to all of you that have reached out, particularly to Wynell and to myself during these, these last few weeks. It has been tough. We lost Franklin on the 1st of February, which was Wynell's birthday. And then on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, his younger sister passed as well. So for that side of the family, it's been a tough time in Texas, but we've made it. Why? Because God has sustained us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Jesus is our foundation, and it's so important that we always remember that our life is to be built on him because life is frequently changing. Things are here one day, and then they're gone tomorrow. But Jesus is eternal. He's that firm foundation. And, and I love that song we were singing today. Uh, but he's the rock that we should be building upon. He's the only one who truly satisfies. He's the only one who can fill that empty void within each and every one of us. It's, it's the, the hole in the soul, which the God-shaped hole which God fills. And so let's continue to look to him. Let's continue to reach out, and I'm, re I'm really encouraged because last week we were a little bit more spare, uh, uh, um, congregation, sparse, the congregation. There's a lot more of you today, and that encourages, uh, encourages us. And I know Yinka said, we need to get more chairs out. It's like, yeah, last week it, it, was, uh, it was different, but yes, as we all do our part in reaching out, and, you know, in the, in the scriptures in Corinthians, it talks about how, uh, you know, uh, Paul planted seed, Apollos watered. It was God that brought the increase. In other words, we've all got a part to play. And, and your job and your role might look different to mine, and Josiah and Paul and mine. That's okay. We need one another. We work best when we work together as a community, as a team, as a family. And so, you know, when I've said this many times before, when people join this church, do you want to know the number one reason why people join CLC? It's not because how amazing the worship is. It's not because how phenomenal the preaching is. Uh, it's not even how nice this facility is, the, the building that, we, that God's blessed us with. It's because, or the coffee, yeah, <laughs> coffee's good as well. Um, but the, the number one reason why people say they come back to this place is because they felt like family. They felt included. They felt part of it. I can't do that on my own. Lord, me and Laura, we can't do that. But as a family community, we can each do that. And so I want to continue to encourage you because you you don't know how much of an impact you have when you talk to someone. And I am aware that some people will have identified with what Josiah shared about feeling a bit insular, feeling a bit like, oh, I'm not very comfortable doing that. But you can do it. Even if you feel a bit clunky, a bit awkward, a bit, you know, just step out love people. 
shake a hand, offer, well, I know in COVID season, not everyone wants to shake hands, do they? <laughs> offer a fist bump or, you know, give someone a smile. But we can all do something. And so I just want to encourage you, let's continue to reach out. Let's continue to make ourselves available. Continue to be obedient to whatever Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And let's reach the world for Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to say thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you have transformed our lives. We thank you, that God, that you are that eternal security that we can look to in, in changing times, in times where there's rumors of wars. And we thank you, that God, that you are our stability and that you are always faithful and that you will never let us down, that you are always dependable. We say, Lord God, our trust is in you, our hope is in you, our faith is in you. And teach us to love you, God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Teach us, Lord, how to love our neighbors, we love ourselves in a healthy, biblical way. And God, we pray, Lord, I pray for an increase of your anointing upon us to be great at reaching out to other people wherever they are in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our communities, in the church. Lord, wherever we go, may we let your light shine. May we see many people brought into your kingdom, saved and discipled. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.